I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. We were able to confirm a lot of the wrongdoings uh, through Hunter Biden's testimony. Uh, there are many financial crimes that we believe have committed that were committed by the Biden family. Uh, Hunter was asked about specific transactions with specific LLCs that many of whom that I've uh, referred to as shell companies. Uh, he, we got his answer on the record, and we're going to go back and and uh, verify many of those things. But what we also learned today, Sean, was that a lot of what what Hunter said was contradictory to what three of at least three of his former associates said. That is James Comer, of course, chair of the House Oversight Committee on the deposition behind closed doors Hunter Biden was giving yesterday to Congress eventually. Remember, he was supposed to do it previously and backed out and said, no, 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 I want a full public hearing. I'm afraid you guys have changed the record and everything else. And yet both sides, for some reason, I still do not understand this, agreed not to videotape that deposition. That makes no sense to me from either side. But if Hunter were worried about changing remarks and so forth, he should have insisted it be videotaped. Now, whether or not an audio recording was done, that might have been done. The official transcript. Of course, they can always question one way or the other, but either way, the deposition went down as scheduled, and as you heard James Comer say, we learned a lot that we already knew, but it just substantiated, and yet there were some flaws in some of the Hunter testimony. Again, according to James Comer, and you can hear from others who were inside, but keep in mind, I always like to give you a balanced report here and keep constantly reminding you, don't buy one side's story blindly. But I will remind you, when Adam Schiff was leading his uh, impeachment against Donald Trump, they would all come out, oh, yeah, we nailed it. We got all kinds of information. Even some of his witnesses would come out, can't say exactly, can't say exactly what we said, but, boy, it's going to be bad for Trump. It never was. Russian collusion never existed. The witness that Adam Schiff claimed he would bring never showed. The other evidence he claimed he had never showed up. So, while I believe, while I believe James Comer and the others you're going to hear from are telling you the true story of what took place in the deposition, I don't hear embellishment from them, and they've got supporting evidence on the things they say, contrary to what Adam Schiff and others were saying. But again, I caution you to keep your mind open on it. And... Before we continue, I owe an apology, it appears, possibly. Yesterday, when I was reporting about Mitch McConnell resigning as chair of leader of the Senate Republicans, I don't know if I said it by mistake or it might have been misinterpreted. I haven't gone back and listened to it, but someone stopped me uh, last night and said, so Mitch McConnell's retiring from the Senate. I said, not yet. He said, well, you said it. No, he's retiring from chair, leading Senate Republicans. In fact, I do specifically recalling mentioning others who were looking to take over the chairmanship. No, he's still going to be in the Senate even after November when he leaves the chair. Uh, he could decide to leave before he turns out in 2027, so he might decide to leave early. But yesterday's announcement, if you took it as me saying he is retiring from Senate, it's incorrect. I'll take the blame if it's misunderstanding, although I did lay out other candidates that would be fighting to have the chairmanship. I just want to make that clear, because if I make a mistake, I'll certainly owe up to it, and I did or I didn't. But there you have it. Thanks for joining us. This is the end of this leap year. Feb 29. How many of you have a birthday on leap year? Feb 29. How old are you now? See, that may be how I'm counting my age, although mine's May 31. I haven't figured out how to move that to Feb 29 yet. Anyway, this is Feb 29, 2024, the first of two hours of Larry Connors USA back-to-back for you right here from 6 to 8 p.m. every Monday through Friday night. And reminding you when we're on the air, we're streaming video for you.
we got numerous sources you can go. We encourage you to go to News Talk STL, Rumble, Facebook, Twitter, or Larry Connors USA, Facebook, Rumble, Twitter. They're all open for you, and it's available on podcasts everywhere. But we'd like you to use what we provide for you directly. And, of course, I remind you, following my program Monday to Friday is now the Rob Carter Show at 8 o'clock. So back to the testimony from yesterday. James Comer was saying a lot of what he gave we already had, but that's okay. We want to hear his side. I think the next phase now is to bring Hunter in for a public hearing and hear from the other Biden associates. And let's determine then who the American people think are telling the truth, because we've got the bank records. Bank records don't lie. We know the Bidens have taken in tens of millions of dollars from our adversaries around the world. And we still don't know after all these depositions, after all the hours of testimony from the Biden family, exactly what the Biden family did to earn the 30 million dollars from our enemies around the world. So we don't really know, and we do need to go to the public hearing, which everyone, it will be must watch and must listen, believe me, to see Hunter Biden answer questions directly in front of cameras and everything else. Now, again, other members of the House that are carrying out various investigations, one would be James Jordan, Congressman of Ohio, Jim Jordan, and also Missouri Congressman Jason Smith, now, he is over with the Ways and Means Committee, uh, and and the point being there, he has said the reason we were able to get involved is because it involved monies and appropriations, so it gives us a foot in the door as well. But here's the takeaway that both of them had listening to Hunter Biden. We got a lot of good information I think would be a good roadmap for when, in fact, we do have a public hearing. But you're right. We already knew that it was phone calls. It was lunches. It was dinners. It was rounds of golf from the same White House who said he had no involvement whatsoever with his business and any of his business associates. But he engaged in all those activities. And we knew that from previous witnesses that we've had a chance to depose. He first started out his opening statement, as you said earlier, that his father was not involved in his business dealings. Well, guess what? His business associates have testified differently. The two IRS whistleblowers that came before the Ways and Means Committee, their evidence proves differently. In fact, Sean, 327 different emails prove differently. That was between Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and his business associates. Joe Biden was not just involved. He was a participant in these activities. He was active. In fact, he was the brand, as has been stated numerous times. Hunter Biden would have had no access to any of these oligarchs and major companies and foreign entities unless his name were, last name, Biden. He's even admitted that a couple of times in various interviews. He recognizes the value of the name. When Daddy was vice president is when he was doing a lot of this, and it continued in between. And, of course, once Daddy becomes president, oh, I'm bigger yet. Talk about riding the coattails. And the same goes for Brother James, Joe Biden's brother. And then the money, once it started flowing in, they were setting up shell accounts. Now, I'm hearing, I can hear in my voice, some of you out there yelling, where's the direct proof that a check went to Joe Biden? There is direct proof of a check going to Joe Biden. How and for what reason? See, that's part of the key. Supposedly, supposedly either Joe loaned money to his brother James and James was paying it back, or Joe just wanted a loan and James gave him a loan. But there's no documentation of that anywhere which you would need for the IRS showing a loan and income coming in and out and what interest. Now, you could give a loan, a interest-free loan to a relative if you chose. You can set up any provision you want. But the IRS is going to want to see how that $300,000, end up in your bank account. Who gave it to you? What was the purpose? See those little nasty little things? They're like dogs at your heels. They will not let go. You can kick at them, but they're not going to go away. They're right back at your heels. And Florida Congressman Donalds pointed out, Byron Donalds said, what we heard from Hunter was kind of what many of us, and I have predicted for you as well, he might be suffering the Biden family disease amnesia. 
There were times where he could recall the heavy details of, of conversations, and there were times where he would say, I don't recall, I can't remember, I'm not sure about this, um, which calls into, which from my vantage point calls into question how forthcoming he really was. Look, at the end of the day, there is more than $20 million that has gone through Hunter Biden and through Jim Biden to the family members um, of that family. That's number one. Number two, there's no real reason that we could even glean from this deposition as to why he was so critical to raise all this money, except for the facts of his last name. And he could never really come to a, a, a clear answer as to why he was so critical uh, to be able to, to raise capital across the globe and make money across the globe. And we know why is because my last name is Biden. That's all you need to know. Oh, and I'm the son of the vice president at that time. And, of course, now the son of the president. Next phase is the public hearing, as you heard, but, of course, we need to see when they're going to set the timing for it. On other news today, Biden and Trump were at the border, dueling border wars, you might say. Keep in mind, Trump shut down the border. Biden came in and, by executive action, canceled Trump's action and declared the border was open and now wants to claim, I don't have the authority to shut it down. House Speaker Mike Johnson says, you are wrong and you know it. The president has the executive authority to fix it right now. I told him at the White House yesterday, one-on-one, and in the group, I told him, Mr. President, if you just issue an executive order that reinstates Remain in Mexico, sir, the Border Patrol, your, the own Border Patrol, your, your agents told us it would, it would reduce the flow by 70%, almost overnight, because the message would go out throughout the world. Don't waste your life savings on a cartel. They're not going to be able to get you over the line. Stay where you are. Stay in Mexico. Stay in a safe third country. He won't do it, Sean. He told me that he, he didn't have the authority to do that. I said, that's just simply not true. President Trump did it. Why can't you do it? He said, oh, Mexico doesn't well, want that. Well, you're the president of the United it, States. You should act like it. This is a very, very dangerous time, and we've allowed that to continue. You've got, I think there may be 15 million illegals who have come across that border since Joe Biden took office. You know, President Trump had such a, there was such a distinction between these two leaders. You know, he built the wall. He, he deported criminals, and he seized fentanyl. Joe Biden has done exactly the opposite of all of it. We see the effects, and America can't stand for this any longer. Cannot stand for it any longer, and that was... Mike Johnson appearing on the Sean Hannity show last night. That's why you're hearing the theme music come up under him at the close. Let's go back to uh, the Obama regime. Jay Johnson, Jay Johnson. You were listening then to Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, or the Republicans. Jay Johnson was the Department of Homeland Security Secretary, Mayorkas position, under Obama. And there was a question raised to Jay Johnson because at one point in 2019, he talked about how bad the situation was if just a 1,000 came across the border in one day. Back to the question and the response from Jay Johnson. Have you ever seen it this bad? No. The border. And what do you in think? In December, we had 250,000 apprehensions in one month. My second year in office, we had 315,000 apprehensions in all of the year. 2015, mm. just for some perspective here. I understand the numbers have dropped a bit of late, but longer term, big picture, this is a, a hemispheric shift right. northward. It's a crisis on multiple levels in multiple places. It's a crisis on the southern border, in Texas, in Arizona, and it's a crisis here in Midtown Manhattan, just a few blocks away. You can see migrants uh, by the Roosevelt Hotel on the subways at Times Square. This is extended nationwide now. The issue is, what do we do about it? Yeah. Do we continue to play politics and scream about this issue, or do we fix the problem? Well, now, therein lies the issue. We're not fixing it because Biden does not have the cojones to stand up to the progressive side of his party and say, we're shutting the border. This is way out of control. Jay Johnson was acknowledging, and he called it a seismic shift. Stop and think about that. How many have come into this country? We've already told you that the numbers minimum that we know of, not counting the gotaways, amount to bigger population than many states have. 
But Jay Johnson, serving under Obama, had stated in 2019, if we had a 1,000 cross the border in one day, a 1,000 show up, that would overwhelm our system. And he admitted in 2019, 4,000, that would just be, we could not begin to handle it. And he knows that now daily thousands upon thousands are coming across. Now, a lot of it is not happening in Texas anymore because of the restrictions Abbott has put in place. And that is where, along the Texas border and the Rio Grande, where both Biden and Trump were today, Trump was in the active center of Eagle Pass. You had uh, Biden going down to below that. Uh, He went to uh, Brownsville, not far from San Antonio. In the next hour, I'll let you hear from the San Antonio mayor. He said, "Uh, what problem? I don't really see a problem. It's a political issue. Give me a break. But Jay Johnson, again, when he says there are solutions, when you listen to this, you have to say, what? I think we need to put aside whose fault it is, on what administration did this happen. There are solutions to this problem. We need more Border Patrol officers. We need more judges. We need an emergency authority like a Title 42 when the numbers get high. We need to fix how one qualifies for asylum in this country, raise the bar on the front end. Mm -hmm. That aspect of the system serves as a magnet for more illegal immigration. And then longer term, You've got to deal with what's happening in the hemisphere that is causing this great shift northward. All right, let's stop it. Let's stop it. First of all, he talked about, he talked about, let's not look at the politics of who's in charge when all this happened. Well, of course you don't want to look at that if you're on the Democrat side. And Democrats are recognizing, yeah, it's failing at our end. We put people in power that allowed this to happen. That's why there's such an outcry in Chicago. That's why you had many up in uh, Michigan on the Democrat ticket vote. Just not, non, non-voting. They showed up but voted not picking a candidate. And I think they got enough votes to actually get one delegate out of the Michigan primary in the Democrat primary. We're going to get into that in more detail later. But the other thing Jay Johnson mentioned this great shift north, northward, as if everything has to do with the instability in South Africa, uh, South America and the Triangle Nations. They're coming from all over the world, and you know it, so it has nothing to do with just what's happening down there. And, of course, we have an illegal charge with killing that young nursing student in Georgia and the mayor of the town of the campus, Athens, Georgia, likes sanctuary cities, but he's now facing the wrath of the citizens. That's coming up later in this hour because... They're right in his face. He is an independent, supposedly. No, he's a Democrat. I'm only kidding. He's a Democrat. He likes sanctuary cities. He put it in place because of Trump. Can you not give up your hatred of Trump long enough to recognize our nation is facing an invasion? We need to put a stop to it. We'll get into that later in this hour. But coming up, should we, this question, should we use illegals to build up our military force What could possibly go wrong? My guest will break it down for you. We have a lot more to come. You don't want to go anywhere. Lock and load. Ready. On the right. You are listening to Larry Connors, USA. Pigeons, they are everywhere, and they're very good at dive-bombing freshly washed cars. Wellington Environmental reminds you, those droppings are more than a nuisance. They can be a major health issue, especially massive droppings on buildings or in parking garages. So who do you call to safely clean it up? You do what many hospitals, universities, public buildings already do. You call Wellington Environmental. Wellington Environmental has been dealing with all kinds of hazards for 35 years. Special people, special skills, special equipment. Wellington gets it done. So to avoid health issues ranging from pigeon droppings to mold to chemical leaks, contact Wellington, 314-644-4930, wellingtonstl.com wellington environmental your world cleaner better safer be well with wellington 
Tim Jones and Chris Arps in the afternoon. Horace, Americans uh, individually have lost over $4,000 in income and over $7,000 where you have a household with both parents working. It shouldn't be, it's the economy stupid. We should just say, stupid! <laughs> it's the economy. <laughs> Unbelievable the devastation that Americans are feeling. Tim Jones and Chris Arps, weekdays at 3.30 on News Talk STL. What if everything you thought and believed to be true about owning and buying your home turned out to be wrong? Straightforward, objective advice on the right way to make the most out of every dollar you put into your home. We're the only country that has one of those. Most other countries, considering like Canada, the U.K., uh, they don't have long-term fixed-rate mortgages like that. They're all variable-rate mortgages. Hmm. HomeWise with Michael Midget, Sunday mornings at 9 on News Talk STL. Great news for my sponsor, Napoli C. And it's no surprise to me, nor hundreds who have dined there. The first time I entered, it was clear Napoli C is unique. The decor, the fish, imaginative cocktails, and of course, Napoli C is right next door to Napoli 3 in St. Charles. Napoli 2 is in town and country. The original Cafe Napoli is in Clayton. And I'm honored to endorse each of them. Visit any of the Cafe Napoli's. This is News Talk STL. And where down we go, 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 where down we go, 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 so where down we go, way down we go. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. Welcome back. My guest is Sean Fleetwood, a writer for the Federalist. We've got several things I want to go through with him, but let's begin, Sean. First of all, welcome back. Glad to have you on board. Good to be here. Thanks so much for having me back. So I'm looking at a piece you wrote regarding what happens within the Republican Party after Mitch McConnell steps down from leader of the Senate Republicans. Uh, when the announcement came out yesterday, first of all, was that a surprise to you? Uh, it, it's not a surprise to me. I, I don't want to give away too much, but I've been, you know, hearing talk, you know, from sources and stuff that there had been a lot of frustration among even some of the more moderate uh, members of the Republican caucus in the Senate uh, with M- Mitch McConnell, specifically how he had handled uh, the so-called border bill. The Ukraine, uh, for the Ukraine funding specifically tied to it, right? Exactly. And and you take that and you combine it with, you know, his clearly – um, you know, he's in declining health, um, right. so, so it wasn't too much of a surprise to me. I, I didn't take it that way either, and I think he realized that he probably would lose his leadership because of he had been working behind the curtain with Mitch, I mean, uh, with uh, Chuck Schumer on saying we must have a bill that would include Ukraine funding, and we'll put in the Israeli funding, and we'll put some money in for the border, but it won't be to shut the border, just be sending more agents down to process. Yeah, I mean, he's Ukraine has been his baby doll. <laughs> Since the, the war began, that's all he's been focused on. And as much as I you know, love Mitch McConnell stepping down from leadership, my concern is that whoever replaces him, it, it's not going to be you know, a different ballgame. It's very much going to be business as usual. Um, you go back after the 2022 midterms, recall uh, that Senator Rick Scott from Florida challenged McConnell right. to be a leader for the Republican caucus. And, you know, Rick Scott's not like a super conservative or anything, but he certainly would have been an upgrade for McConnell. And, of course, the vote was held behind closed doors, but I believe it was roughly 10 Republican senators who actually voted against McConnell for leader. So my concern now is that you're going to have some of these same uh, establishment figures who have been in leadership, people like John Cornyn, who before I came on just saw that he thrown his hat in the ring to be the next leader, Uh, John Thune from South Dakota, John Barrasso from Wyoming, these more entrenched establishment figures who have been around and working with McConnell for years, um, you know, if one of them gets elected, it's, it's not much is going to change within the Senate Republican. So it still be inside baseball in our ballpark is what you're saying. Exactly. And that's, you know, the worry is now because McConnell is so deeply unpopular and so horrible, now there's kind of this, um, you know, image that's being cast on his successor. Like, oh, this person's going to be a lot better 
because McConnell was so awful when in reality they're, they're very much in lockstep with one another. And, that, and that's what I am very They'll, they'll be bringing, about. and I agree the names you laid out were certainly at the top of my list, and they'll bring youth, or, uh, at least not necessarily youth, but younger and uh, less experienced. But if they're all following the same playbook, it doesn't change anything. But the wrench in the works is, and I'm looking at the – Freedom Caucus and Congressman Bob Good, Republican of Virginia, uh, suggesting we're not going to do this uh, short-term funding bill, continuing a resolution to keep the government from shutting down on uh, in in March one, and then the backup would be what is it, March eight? Is that right or nine? Something like that. That they're suggesting okay. they're not going to do that. What's what's your take on that? And someone like him and others saying enough of the same old, same old. Yeah, I mean, they've been saying that for, for months now, since really since um, Speaker Johnson came into power late last year. They've, you know, I, get, I think gave him the benefit of the doubt at the beginning, but now they're getting increasingly frustrated because you're just kicking the can down the road. And, you know, if, you know, Republican leadership, Mike Johnson and, you know, Mitch McConnell and Senate Democrat leadership get their way, I mean, basically Biden will have, you know, the vast majority of the rest of his term fully funded. Uh, if this DR goes through. And from what we're aware, we don't have the specifics yet, um, but it doesn't seem like there's anything addressing the border crisis at, at this point in time. So people like Bob Good, Chip Roy, they're absolutely justified in being you know, angry about what's been going on here because House Republicans, while they do have a slim majority, they have that power to stall the Democrats' agenda, to lay down the gauntlet and say, no, this border invasion needs to stop and it needs to stop now. I mean, look at the within the past week, they have, they have a, you know, it's sad, but you have incidents of people getting killed and people being, you know, young girls being raped by illegal immigrants. And you have the vast majority of the country that is opposed to Biden's handling of the border crisis. And that includes you Democrats. Have, yeah. And so you have everything going your way, but you're actively choosing not to fight. You're actively choosing to continuously push the spending fight down the road and say, well, we got to keep the government uh, open. That, uh, that's what Mitch McConnell and Mike Johnson are focused on Sean more F- than fixing the invasion. Sean Fleetwood with the Federalist, you say it in a more polite way, kick the can down the road. <laughs> I'm saying bend over again yeah. because that's what they're doing at this point. Now, let's talk about something else that you have addressed in a previous article as well. And Dick Durbin actually suggested this. Illinois Congressman Dick Durbin suggested it uh, a couple years ago. Well, I take it back, not a couple years ago. I think he last addressed it December of last year, but he had been discussing previous as well. But saying what we need to do since our armed forces recruitment is down so much, let's take these illegals that are good, hardy men, many of them are, are women, and put them into our military. Good idea, bad idea, or stop it right now. I mean, the fact that he's even suggesting that just shows how little he has an understanding of history. And I've kind of touched on this a little bit in the piece, but, you know, I'm not super familiar or an expert on anything, you know, having to do with the Roman Empire, but just a cursory reading of their history, you know, in, in the you know waning decades of the empire, some of the rulers like Constantine, you know, because the empire was so vast, because they were unable to recruit enough, you know, domestic Roman citizens to serve in their military, they started taking in, you know, foreigners, right. um, you know, foreign barbarians. And, and, and even slaves in, in some cases. Go ahead. Yes, and, and putting them in the military's ranks. And then when the Visigoths sacked Rome in four, four, um, 10 AD, you know, they, they ended up turn. some of them ended up turning on the Romans and fighting with the Visigoths to take down the city. So, you know, I fear that we're headed towards that, you know, same place now where because the Democrats have really – uh, reimagined our military to be this pro, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, <laughs> neo-Marxist organization, um, and, and they're unable to recruit American citizens. Now we're turning to people who are streaming across our border, people who have, you know, no love or understanding or valuing of the American system of government, and, and that puts us in a really dangerous place when you're now putting, you know, people who really aren't properly vetted in, in that kind of a position of power. Well, contrary to what some might think, I was not there during the Roman Empire, but but <laughs> but I will add, we have had uh, immigrants in our armed forces in the past that came in the country legally that did fight and gallantly for our nation, and many paid with their own blood. 
So if they love the country and they really want to make something of themselves in this country, on one hand, you want to say that could be an answer, but if we don't really vet who's coming across even illegally, how would we possibly know which side they're on until the actual battle starts? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and there have been, as you said, there have been plenty of people who come to this country legally and serve in our armed forces and who give their lives for their new country. And those people we should honor. But what we're seeing now with this legislation, you know, proposed by people like Senator Tammy Duckworth, Democrat from Illinois, is basically you're just incentivizing further illegal immigration across our border because you're basically saying, okay, here's this way that you can easily gain U.S. citizenship by enlisting in our armed forces. Um, and, and that, I don't think, that's not what the military is about. When people serve in the military and you talk to veterans, a lot of it, you know, for some people is a generational thing. You know, my grandfather served, my right. dad served. I have a love of country and I see this value in serving my country in a way that they did. Um, and people who are just streaming across our border, coming here for purely economic reasons or maybe security reasons, you know, they're not really doing it because they have an understanding of the American founding or that they have a love of the foundational values and principles that have built America and, and you know, reside within our Constitution. You know, that, that's the bigger problem here is that you're creating a system where you're incentivizing law-breaking and, and giving people a pathway into the country that really puts us at risk when you think about it because we really don't know who a lot of these people are. And on a smaller scale, we have Democrat cities and some states saying, yeah, we will allow illegals to become members of law enforcement. Yes, I believe there was a bill in uh, somewhere in Illinois, a locality that had proposed, um, or it was the state legislature, a Democrat had proposed a bill that would allow, allow localities to you know, onboard illegal aliens to become police officers. Yeah, absolutely. They're doing that at a local level, and I have no doubt that it would likely be expanded in other Democrat states, places like California as well. And yet they see how this sanctuary city and status for the city or state blows up in their face by the sheer numbers, and then it still has to be considered as an allegation that a Venezuelan illegal killed uh, the young woman down in Georgia the other day, but we do know that he would not even been in the country if he'd been stopped in 2022 and then held by New York City when he got arrested a second time instead of letting him roam about the country again. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, hopefully we'll take back the White House come November. But, you know, until then, it really falls upon the state to enforce the law. And you know, obviously they, they can't deport it, uh, legal aliens. They don't necessarily have that power. But you look at a state like Florida, the media has been putting out articles complaining about, you know, Florida's immigration laws because they've made it so impossible with laws like pertaining to E-Verify and cracking down on illegal immigration in sanctuary cities that you have illegals fleeing the state for other states. Um, So that really, I think, is the solution here is red states need to get tough on immigration and pass a lot of laws and legislation to crack down on this, you know, illegal border crossers you know, in their own state. Well, actually, actually, the state of Georgia does does not recognize sanctuary cities, but Athens, Georgia, with the mayor is he he said we will be a sanctuary city by their ordinance. So they they would fight against their own state, as you say. Sean Fleetwood, yeah. I want to thank you again for your time. Uh, excellent pieces as always. He writes for the Federalist. Look up uh, Sean Fleetwood. You'll find a list of articles he's done, and all great. Sean, thanks again, sir. Thanks so much, Larry. God bless. You bet. God bless. Now coming up. Speaking of the mayor of Athens, Georgia, the public outcry against him is getting louder and louder and right in his face. You don't want to miss that. Stand by, please. It's still to come. You can connect with Larry on Twitter at Larry Connors USA. I got an email which brought a smile. A woman named Mary wrote me, We are purchasing a new roof from John Beale, based on your recommendation. I thanked her then, I do it again now. Mary, I only endorse clients I believe in. And I've been a spokesman for John Beale for 10 years. It's all about trust. So if, like Mary, you need John Beale, trust me. Call 1-800-NEW-ROOF. 1-800-NEW-ROOF. 
The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, please visit usdeputy.org. I like supporting local companies that give back to the community. For more than 40 years, Vincent's Jewelers has helped raise more than $1.5 million for local charities. So I'm personally asking that when you're shopping for jewelry, give Vincent's a chance. And in turn, Vincent's will give even more to our community. On Olive, just east of 270. New specials every day on Vincent'sJewelers.com or Vincent's Facebook. News, analysis, opinion. USA, USA. That's a big game, man. She's really losing control. China didn't ask me about people mowing each other down in the mall. This is News Talk STL. It is their responsibility. He is a metastasizing agent. We're all keeping a close eye on this. Illegal immigration is crazy right now. This United States is not being overrun. News Talk STL. It is a crisis at the border without question. At NewsTalkSTL.com. McGuire Moving will come to your home or office and give you a free, honest appraisal. Not over the phone. That way you won't be shocked come moving day. Really tight budget? McGuire will offer advice that could save you even more money. McGuire, fully licensed and insured, also has climate-controlled storage for you. McGuireMoving.com. It's that simple. Just remember, you're moving anything, anytime, McGuireMoving.com. This is News Talk STL. One of the things that's killing the economy today with this modern socialism is the unending avalanche of new regulations. Right. Articulates and the like. Where did they ever get the congressional approval to ban the internal combustion engine? They didn't, but they're doing it anyway. Everything that makes life good, they're against. <laughs> that is said as only Steve Forbes could say it. Everything that makes life good, they're against. You know... He's right because they keep sticking all these regulations on. And he said, where do they get the authority to ban gas engines? They just pull it out of thin air. It's not like you're <laughs> trying to ban putting poison in every child's food. I mean, I think I would go along with that. But they, this one is just something, again, pushing the climate agenda. And there's a cost that comes with it. A cost for the makers of products, a cost for the buyers of the products, and ultimately a cost for the nation as a whole. When Steve Forbes points out, it's just jamming us up, keeping us from real progress at this point. And, of course, I told you the other day that watch how they will play the latest inflation numbers, and they did. Look how great the inflation numbers are. They're, they're less than what they expected, so they're really looking good. But I told you then, be aware of what's being kept out of that. So a key measure of inflation did go up last month, despite what you hear from the leftist state-controlled media. It went up at the fastest pace since March of 2022. That would be personal consumption expenditures, price indexes, which also do include housing, energy, and food. These are the core, super core issues. Can you get by without housing? Yes, yeah, some will have to do and are doing it. Can you get by without food? Not for long. Can you get by without energy and gas? Yeah, if you don't have a car or a heater or whatever, you probably can for a while, maybe forever. But they take that out every time to make the numbers look better. 
Now, the Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said they'll keep a close eye on these services, including housing and energy, as to where inflation may be headed in the future. Well, that's a great idea. I think a third grader could say, shouldn't we be watching the cost of the bread and the eggs and the milk? Oh, no, don't worry about it, kid. Just make sure you have them on hand if a storm comes in so you can have French, fry, French toast in the morning. That's all you need to worry about. Oh, okay. You are smarter than a third-grade kid, and the third-grade kid is smarter than the Fed Jerome chairman when he talked about, we'll keep an eye on it. The other thing you're going to see happen before, and mark, mark it down, Larry Connors USA stated this on the last day of leap year, Look for the Fed to cut the rates again before Election Day. They got to do something to make Bidenomics look more acceptable while people are not getting by because of it. Now, I'd mentioned earlier in the conversation with Sean Fleetwood of the Federalist about how the House Freedom Caucus is uh, fighting against some of the things being proposed by members of Congress, both Senate and House, who or rhinos, Republican in name only. Part of it has to do with our federal budget moving forward. We are forcing, or rather looking at, obviously, aside from the stopgap measures they put in place, that we were going to be seeing uh, a shutdown, partial shutdown of March 8, and additional shutdown seven days or so after that. But now this stopgap thing will hold things off. But it's not putting the issue down. Let me give you the response that we're hearing from a lot of them. For fact, and let's begin with Congressman Mike uh, Bob Good of Virginia. He's saying this strategy of the extending government funding, while they're looking at a compromise they got today, he said you're going to end up triggering an automatic 1% cut to federal programs of all types May 1. And he said I could do that through September 30 if we put a cap that would cut about $100 billion from the deal. He said, I could go along with that. He said, it'd be a better deal than the one uh, that Speaker Johnson and leaders of both parties and chambers have been pushing, and that's to adopt the higher spending caps that they agreed to back in January. And he also said we should be attaching border security to it. Yes, yes. And he said we could also attach the Israeli payout that we want. He said we should be willing to have a Shut down fight to force it to happen. Well, it's not going to happen right now, but this doesn't mean it's a dead idea. Congressman Nails of Texas, Donalds of Florida, Burchett, Tennessee, also saying we're not really going to vote for a stopgap measure. Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio said, I prefer a year-long CR continuing resolution to the one they announced last night. And he said, even the stopgap measures, he said, we need to do a longer one. And Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene said, I'm unhappy with the direction the party is headed. We got this kind of fighting and scrambling inside the Republican Party. And to the left, they're sitting on the sidelines and laughing and applauding and jeering. Get some more cotton candy and peanuts over here. They're going to be fun. Oh, watch this. We're playing right into their hands every time on this kind of stuff because we can't get enough people to stand strong Stiver their spine and say, no. It's an accepted fact that if you're the party that they want to blame for a shutdown and hurts people, your party will suffer. We've seen that happen in the past. But I'll remind you, everyone that's in federal government, when their paycheck stops for a period of time, they will end up getting it back when everything resumes. And we've had stops and shutdowns previously, and the government didn't fall apart. And in fact, some say maybe it worked even better. There are those that are caught in the middle that rely upon some funding that should be coming to them, and there's no one to process it and get it to them. And that also becomes a thorn in the side of those who want to be, get really tough and hard because that means that... Uh, Women and children won't get their money they need under the WICS program. Our Social Security benefits stop. Yeah, folks are going to start having a fit. So what would be the price you'd be willing to pay to actually 
stop this incessant spending, but more importantly right now, shut the border. Shut the border, effectively. Yesterday I told you also about, uh, before he was making the trip down to Texas, we had uh, Senator, uh, Senator uh, President Biden on uh, getting uh, his physical. I had uh, an email from Diane. She and a group of about 18 to 20 women often play cards listening to our program, and I, I appreciate that. She said, so Joe Biden had his physical. I just saw the message after yesterday's program. and said, had his physical, got a clean bill of health. They say he's in good shape. Granted, no cognitive test. The White House declined to say that, but if he's fit, why can't he stand trial now on the classified document case? Our group was just wondering. You and everyone else, Diane, you and, and your fellow ladies, we're all wondering if he's good enough not just to face trial, but if he's good enough to stand in front of a cognitive test and come away, how can you use that as an excuse that maybe he shouldn't be facing trial on classified documents? And also, why in the hell would he be the leader of the free nation, as long as we are free, and commander-in-chief? I fully agree with your question, and probably... We all know the answer is tied up in politics, as usual. And then, of course, we come to the tragedy of what has come to the nation with illegals. Numerous deaths blamed on the illegals who have been convicted. And, of course, the fentanyl crisis we've had because of them bringing more illegals across the border. And I'm telling you, the heartbreaking thing that hits me every time is a child trafficking. How many children have been brought across the border and the border patrol admits they show up. Maybe they can't speak any English or speak at all. They're too young, but they have a number either pinned to something they're wearing or written on their body. Call this number. We call it. Say, yes, that's my niece. Would you please send her to me? And the Border Patrol admits we don't have the time and resources to investigate where that child's going, who's receiving them. It may be a real relative, and they may really take them in and take care of them, or they may be a relative who's more than willing to sell them and put them into a sex den. Children. We're talking about children. And then we talk about the crimes in this nation. Well, as you know, an illegal is charged with killing that young nursing student in Georgia, the mayor of the town, Athens, New York, he likes sanctuary cities, but now he's facing the wrath of his citizens. You are listening to Larry Connors, USA. You want to give someone something which they will really enjoy? Give them a Cafe Napoli gift card. You pick the amount, and they pick which of the Cafe Napolis they want to visit. Cafe Napoli in Clayton, Cafe Napoli in town and country, Napoli 3 on the streets of St. Charles, or right next door, Napoli C, the Napoli gift card. It's the perfect gift for anyone or your entire office. Cafe Napoli. Cafe Napoli. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. You are guilty and got blood on your head for this murder, sir. And no policies have been adopted Please by the mayor lying. and commission You're that have so created sorry, sanctuary sorry. city status in sir. Athens. You need to resign. One protocol resign. that sometimes arises. Resign, resign now. Resign. You will allow this to happen. You're fired. We You're fired. You need to go, sir. We don't want to hear from you no more. You're not defending us. You're not upholding your oath of office, sir. You are lawless. You are a crim- criminal. We created this government, and we pay your salary. You do what we want you to do. Well, you could hear the heat, the anger, and rightly so, directed at the mayor of Athens, Georgia, which is a town where part of that uni- Georgia University campus is, where Lake and Riley was attacked while on a jog. Her skull crashed in, crushed in so much that part of the documentation reads that she's, if she had survived, she'd been disfigured for life, but of course she couldn't because of the brain damage. And there are probably some other details they're not releasing. And they're charging a Venezuelan refugee who came into our country in 2022, stopped at the border at El Paso, 
could have been held or turned back, but the open border policy Biden has and open parole, we just give them parole papers, say stay out of trouble, roam about the country as you please, goes to New York City, gets held up again on another charge, but rather New York City police, since it's sanctuary state, city, instead of holding him for Department of Immigrations and Customs, come pick him up, they let him go. And then he makes his way down to Athens, Georgia, and is now facing charges in the death of Lakin Hope Riley. And the Georgia mayor was trying to say, Mayor Girth was trying to say, you know, we you can't really get all these crime stats mixed up with illegals. Really? Are you that are you that stupid, sir? Well, I do know that back in 2019, he was pushing sanctuary city status. Whereas our immigrant and undocumented neighbors, especially those of Latinx heritage, face daily fears and threats from individuals and institutions such as ICE. And whereas for the Athens community to be whole, it is necessary that families and loved ones remain together and that all people, including those without documentation, feel welcome and comfortable. All of that was done because in 2019, they were looking at Donald Trump as he doesn't like brown people. (laughs) There are a lot of brown people. If you're going to break down colors, brown, yellow, black, white, red, mixture of all that are endorsing and supporting Trump. And they wouldn't do it if he thought he was totally against them. He was addressing the fact, originally, saying, if we let illegals come across our border, all of these countries down south will be just releasing their jails, as proven that uh, Fidel Castro did with Cuba, just open the jails and let the dregs of their society get on boats and get to Florida, get them out, interior jail cells, sending us their worst, and that was something Trump had said. We're not getting the best, we're getting the worst. They're not all the worst, but there are a lot of them mixed in, enough of them to cause concern and so forth. But you've got someone like the San Antonio mayor. He's an independent, he claims. And, of course, uh, meeting with Joe Biden today after the visit to Brownsville. And the San Antonio mayor has this take on illegals and immigration. I would characterize this more as a political crisis than an immigration crisis, really, because, uh, you know, there's 114 million displaced people all around the, all across the world. We are seeing cer- certainly a surge of migrants at the southern border. We have for years under multiple administrations here in San Antonio. Uh, we are 150 some odd miles from the border. So we've had 600,000 migrants through our community since January of 2023. But we We've seen these things uh, under Trump. We've seen them under Biden. We've seen them in administrations far beyond that. What is different here is a level, a level of demagoguery that's being played out by extreme MAGA Republicans at the behest of Trump. No, no, I'm not protesting an open border because Trump directed me to at the behest of Trump. I'm contesting it on behalf of Americans whose lives are in danger and who have lost children and loved ones to illegals coming across an open border, and we're doing really nothing other than giving them parole papers to go ahead and roam about the country until something else, and even then we're not going to bother. That's demagoguery? No, no, that's law and order. Should be. But again, the left has such a great way of always spinning it's like, how are you going to stop at any particular point and nail them down? My answer, you just smash the hell out of the whole thing. Coming up, we're going to get more into the illegals and the issues. You don't want to miss it. Plus, remember our phrase, our commitment, one nation under God. <laughs> 